0: That's four billion with a B. As Kansas officials celebrate landing the largest electric vehicle battery plant in the world, it's getting ugly in the state ahead of that big abortion vote.
1: This is an effort of intimidation to try to silence the church. First amendment to the constitution does not protect criminal behavior.
0: Churches being vandalized, signs defaced and stolen. We'd love to get both sides on this program to debate each other, but guess what? They refuse. So we try to advance the issue with powerful voices on both sides. Archbishop Nauman and Kansas Senate Democratic leader Dinah Sykes join us on this Newsmaker edition of the program, plus Westport back in the news for all the wrong reasons. One dead, five shot in the popular bar district. City leaders say they've tried everything.
2: I don't know what else we can do.
0: Do Westport business owners have a fix? Westport fixture Bill Nigro joins us with his answer next.
3: Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gourley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Nick Haynes, and thank you for joining us on our weekly journey through the news of our week. We were hoping to bring you a Missouri U.S. Senate debate this week, but you know what? It looks like there won't be one. They're not shy about running lots of ads, but the frontrunners refusing to share the stage together anywhere before Election Day. And it's not just the Republicans playing hardball in the Democratic primary. Anheuser-Busch heiress Trudy Bush Valentine also refusing to commit to any debates against her main opponent, Marine veteran Lance Kuhn. Speaking of not debating, we wanted to bring both sides of the upcoming Kansas abortion amendment to the table, or the debate stage. This week, we're admitting defeat. The No Group letting us know that while a debate is entertaining, it does very little to clarify fact from fiction. Given the tendency for the other side, they say, to openly lie, we are hesitant to debate them. So we're taking a different tack this week as we bring you two powerful voices with two very different perspectives on what's at stake with in-person voting now underway in Kansas. The politics are heating up and so is the anger. The biggest funder of the abortion amendment is the Catholic Diocese in Kansas City. It was the target of vandals
1: this week.
2: Someone used spray paint in front of the building.
1: This is an effort of intimidation to try to silence the church. First Amendment to the Constitution does not
0: protect criminal behavior joining us now is archbishop joseph nauman that was ascension church in overland park that we were just seeing in that video is that the only church building that you're experienced vandalism in
1: that i know of in fact we're just doing a survey of our parishes to see if others uh, i've had verbal reports that there have been others in other parts of the diocese but that's the only confirmed one However, we've had many of our signs stolen uh, or defaced, uh, the signs for voting yes, and uh, it seems to be an organized effort to steal the signs. Did you
0: expect this kind of backlash when you took the stand that you did on the Value of the Both Amendment?
1: Well, in one sense, it's not surprising. It's been part of the strategy of abortion advocates before 1973 to develop what they call the Catholic Strategy and that is to make it seem like it's a Catholic issue and to try to play to anti-Catholicism. Um, and so it's not surprising that they've kind of stooped to that in, in, in this arena as well.
0: Now, some people have told us, oh, well, why is the church even getting engaged in this issue? But you're allowed to. You can't support political candidates, or a nonprofit or a church can't support, for instance, a political party and give money to one, but you can advocate for an issue, which is what this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to clarify that. First of all, the the Catholic Church in the United States before there was an IRS, <laughs> we did, our first Archbishop Archbishop Carroll felt it was not appropriate in a democratic republic for the church to support candidates or political parties. So we've never done that. We don't. It's not because of the IRS that we don't do it. But we don't think it's the way we serve our people best, but we do believe it's our our responsibility to speak about human rights issues and fundamental rights and to form the consciences of our people. You know, the churches really were the leaders of the civil rights movement. And so um, I think those that want to silence the churches, really, it's a very un-American activity. Not every faith group, though, believes that life begins at
0: conception. In fact, when the embryonic stem cell issue was happening on the Missouri side, we convened, I remember, all of these faith leaders on that issue. And I remember a Jewish rabbi... Uh, from Overland Park, saying that for, for, for the Jewish faith, life began when the crowning of the head took place at the, um, at the delivery process. So are you silencing other religious faiths by looking at in, uh, restricting abortion in the state of Kansas?
1: Well, first of all, I'd say his opinion, that's not universal in Judaism. You'd find a lot of disagreement. But we don't look at it as a religious issue. This is a human rights issue. And, and because of that, it's something that's accessible to everybody through reason. It has, yes, our faith speaks to it, but it, it's not because of theology. So it's not imposing theology, just like to say uh, it's wrong uh, to segregate or to um, be racist. Uh, these are fun. The religion speaks to it, but these are human rights issues.
0: What do you think is going to happen if voters on August 2nd, say yes to the volume of Both Amendment?
1: I think what will happen is the people of Kansas will be able to determine what the public policy will be on the protection of the unborn and the protection of women uh, from the abortion industry. So it will give Kansans, that will return to Kansans, really, the authority to determine this through their elected representatives. And it's but, but,
0: of, but if those elected representatives did absolutely nothing and kept it the way it was, would you feel this had been a waste of your time, your treasure, in advancing this value them both amendment?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, it will preserve those um, laws that are already in place. And so uh, that's the first step, you know, such things as parental notification. If, if, a daughter's, if your daughter is going to have an abortion or informed consent, So there are some laws right now that are in jeopardy, we know, because the Kansas Supreme Court in its ruling, in the HOTUS ruling, said that uh, they're all presumed unconstitutional. Not all of them have been challenged yet.
0: What happens if value them both fails on August
1: 2nd? Would Uh, you
0: say um, that's it and we will focus on other issues on the Catholic Church's agenda after that?
1: Well, we... We we focus on a lot of issues. We can do many things at the same time. So but uh no, we won't uh we'll we'll probably try to do another amendment at some point, but I don't think that's gonna be the outcome. But part of our, important part of what we do as a church is our pastoral initiatives. You know, our public policy advocacy is part of it. But we've also um the bishops of the US just um, couple of years ago called for what they called walking with moms in need to mobilize all of our congregations to accompany those that are in a difficult pregnancy. So those that we can't protect by law, we can save by love and we'll continue those efforts. Also our efforts to help those that have had abortions and now deeply regret them. And so our post abortion ministries so all of those will will continue and we'll continue to advocate in the public square, because the law not only permits abortion, but it teaches, particularly our young people, that abortion uh, is not truly the taking of a human life because our laws don't permit it in any other context. So uh, we saw that when abortion was legalized, that the number of abortions went up astronomically across the United States. So the law not only permits abortion, but it teaches abortion. It teaches a lie.
0: If the Value Them Both Amendment passes, lawmakers move to restrict further abortion in the state of Kansas. Will you be advocating in Topeka to help those women and those babies that are born, perhaps even ensuring that the state of Kansas provides free daycare, for instance?
1: We think the government has a place in this, and we've already been advocating for uh, many such measures. See, I invite any woman that's viewing this today, if they need help or assistance, come to one of our parishes and we'll connect you to all of the resources that are available. Your opponents have said they won't debate the value Them
0: both proponents because they lie. What has been the biggest misconception for you?
1: Well, I I think it's interesting because they accuse us of what they do. I mean, they've tried to say this is a ban on abortion. It's not a ban on abortion. What it does is it corrects what the Kansas Supreme Court did, and it gives back to the people of Kansas the ability to determine public policy. And I don't know why they're so afraid of that, because they claim that abortion is widely accepted. So why would they be afraid uh, to let the people to, de- to determine public policy?
0: ARCHBISHOP JOSEPH MAUMAN, THANK YOU SO MUCH FOR STOPPING BY WEEK IN REVIEW WITH US. UP NEXT, A DIFFERENT PERSPECTIVE ON THE AMENDMENT FROM TOP KANSAS SENATE DEMOCRATIC LEADER Dinah SYKES. BUT FIRST, HAVE YOU NOTICED HOW EVERY NATIONAL NEWS ORGANIZATION IS NOW IN KANSAS, NOT BECAUSE OF THE NEW PANASONIC PLANT ANNOUNCEMENT, BUT BECAUSE OF THIS UPCOMING KANSAS VOTE, WHICH IS BEING VIEWED AS THE FIRST REFERENDUM ON ABORTION SINCE THE SUPREME COURT'S DECISION TO OVERTURN ROE V. WADE, FROM TV STATIONS IN DALLAS TELLING THEIR VIEWERS HOW Kansas is the closest place to terminate their pregnancies. To the New York Times embedding themselves inside the state's busiest abortion clinic in Wichita.
2: Kansas, by the way, Wichita, Kansas would be the closest that a woman from DFW would be able to go find abortion care.
3: Trust in Wichita, this is Allie. How can I help you? Trust Women in Wichita, this is Jessica.
1: Phone calls have probably doubled to tripled.
3: Right now, the soonest appointments that we even have available are three weeks out. Could you tell me where, where you would be coming from? Denton, Texas, Stillwater,
1: Oklahoma City. What number of pregnancy is this for you? Three.
2: Three, OK. It was a hard decision, but me and my kid's father, we both decided that this would be the best for us because we aren't financially, mentally, physically ready to have another kid.
1: I've been too afraid to really ask anybody, will I be in trouble? I'm sitting here right now, almost feeling like I'm gonna throw up. You know, I even thought, what if we go back to Oklahoma and there's a complication, we go to the ER. We tell them we went out of state and got an abortion or we going to jail.
0: A snapshot of what's happening this week inside the busiest abortion clinic in Kansas. Joining us now with a different take on the abortion amendment is Dinah Sykes. Now, she was elected to the Kansas Senate as a Republican. She switched parties and is now the Senate Democratic leader in Topeka. She represents parts of Overland Park and Lenox. And that gives you a unique perspective, of course, of the psyche of lawmakers on both sides of the aisle on this issue. But when it comes to the value of both amendment, we're told nothing is going to happen if this passes because it just puts the abortion policy in the hands of lawmakers to decide later. What would happen in Topeka if this passes?
3: So I would disagree with that. I think a no vote keeps um, things currently as they are. um, Our Kansas Constitution, it keeps the Kansas Constitution as it is. And we both know that abortion is heavily regulated in Kansas. So I believe that um, a yes vote will lead to a complete ban, even in cases of rape, incest, or the life of the mother.
0: Kansas lawmakers, though, don't go back into session until January. So would that be a major delay? Or have you heard any wind, any evidence that lawmakers would be coming back immediately after a vote to have a special session on this?
3: Hey, Nick, I wish I had um, the magic eight ball to answer that question. Um, I actually had a constituent who emailed me with that exact question. Um, they are st- um, looking at starting a family, um, she will have a very high risk pregnancy and um, emailing me, their state senator, saying, you know what would what would what should we do about our family planning? You know, what is the time frame? I didn't have answers for them. And I think that goes back to um, this should be a decision for women and their families and their health care provider, not politicians. In
0: this is being framed as a having a woman's right to choose, but even if you vote no, it doesn't mean that a woman has a complete right to choose. In Kansas, you, you, there are still restrictions in place, even if this fails, that you can't have an abortion after 22 weeks.
3: Yes, that is correct. Okay.
0: So, um, it's not, so what would you uh, propose, if it is about women's right to choose, would you permit, would you want to see a, a loosening of those restrictions?
3: Nick, I I look at my own. I have two children, um, and I had very mostly uncomplicated pregnancies, but I never had to make that decision. And, um, you know, I've had health care. I've had access to that. um, I've had access to birth control. So I think, again, politicians should not be making those decisions. And we've seen um, legislation introduced that would even um, eliminate options for contraception one my first term in the legislature there was a bill it didn't go anywhere because of our cons- kansas constitution and the lawmakers knew that it would be unconstitutional
0: and that's what's happening in missouri i know missouri lawmakers on the democratic side there want to have a special session to clarify that the abortion law in missouri doesn't also include contraception you're worried about that
3: absolutely um Like I said, it's already been introduced in the past. Um, I have candid conversations with colleagues on the other side of the aisle. I think they're joking, but um, they share about other things that they would like to restrict um, women having the ability to do.
0: Even if, though, the value of them both gets passed, that does not mean lawmakers will have the votes to pass any restrictions on abortion. I'm just reminded in this past session, for instance, uh, there was a major push uh, to block transgender athletes from competing in women's sports. Lawmakers passed that. The governor vetoed it. They simply didn't have enough votes to override the governor. Couldn't the same happen with abortion?
3: Well, as we all know, to get this on the ballot, it took the supermajority of both the Senate and the House. That's the same number that it takes um, to override the governor's veto. Um, So I see it's the same voter or the same legislature who passed the constitutional amendment who would be doing that. Um, Also, um, you know, we see many times where um, the group who is pushing this have pushed other issues they're very influential uh, we had one of my colleagues who is very anti-abortion one of this on last year's election and they targeted him they were showing up at his home um, he was concerned for his safety so i'm not sure that we could um, sustain that veto
0: what happens if value them both fails is that the end of the story in topeka have we removed abortion from the agenda
3: I don't think so. Um, Abortion has a very um, troubling and deadly. uh, It's very emotional. Um, We've seen time and time again as um, legislation is introduced. um, One of my colleagues even introduced um, a bill this last year um, banning and making it illegal. I think it will continue to do that Um, i hope that if it passes i mean we see that the kansans are speaking but we've seen it with medicaid expansion over two-thirds of kansans support medicaid expansion we saw it with uh, fair maps in our congressional mapping so i don't think legislative leadership always likes to listen to kansans
0: on the missouri side mayor quinton lucas has been talking about the fact that the abortion law now in effect in missouri has prompted one convention not to come to kansas city he knows another business that's not going to come to kansas city as a result of that abortion law yesterday you were in topeka uh, celebrating panasonic and a four billion dollar deal for an electric car plant that would come to kansas with four thousand jobs not far from your own district there in uh, johnson county Uh, any notion that somehow panasonic would not come to kansas if value them both passes
3: you know i hope that that decision is made but that is a concern as we look at legislation because i think um you can see what we've addressed in the past and businesses are watching and but not just that our kids are watching they want to be in a community that accepts them and accepts others and so it's really important that we listen to those around us
0: this has been a, now an ugly campaign we have been accustomed to seeing signs stolen this week at a, a church in overland park and you represent part of overland park is defaced uh with uh, an, uh, anti uh, or with pro-abortion mm-hmm. uh um, messaging um, what has been the biggest lesson for you in this entire campaign
3: well, first and foremost, I don't condone any um, destruction of private property. And I think it goes to a larger conversation. You mentioned that I was elected as a Republican and I chose to change to a Democrat. And um, even at that time, I had people who were very upset um, death threats, concerns. And I think, you know, as a community, as a nation, we need to be able to have a conversation, even on these emotional issues like abortion, where we can sit down and have conversations.
0: Are you willing to compromise on the abortion issue then?
3: You know, I would think that we are at a compromise with what we are, and voting no is keeping a heavily regulated um, abortion um, regulations in place. But it is um, giving a woman the right to choose, and with that decision, with her health care provider.
0: Kansas Senate Democratic Leader Dinah Sykes, thank you so much for joining us. In-person voting, by the way, on the Kansas Abortion Amendment starts this weekend in Johnson County, and next week uh, in Wyandot County. Up next, as we've been tackling abortion in Kansas, over on the other side of state line in Kansas City, a new wave of violence is dominating the headlines. As Mayor Lucas and the interim police chief were at the White House this week to mark passage of the gun bill, a mass shooting in Westport one dead five injured after a fight at the alehouse moves outside city leaders say they've tried everything and are out of answers I think we've done what
2: we can do if, if anyone else has any ideas of what we can do I am certainly open to them but I I don't know what else we can do
0: Do Westport business owners have a fix? Westport Fixture, Bill Nigro, joins us now. Bill, good to have you with us. Do you have a fix? Uh,
2: Well, I have things that will obviously make it better. The city has defunded our security account. How? Six years ago, we went to the city trying to um, get permission that we could check for guns. And in order to do that, the city made us jump through some incredible hoops.
0: So the city said you had to have... DIVERSITY MONITORS, ISN'T THAT CORRECT? EXACTLY. IF YOU'RE GOING TO PUT METAL DETECTORS TO MAKE SURE YOU WEREN'T DISCRIMINATING AGAINST ANYONE COMING INTO WESTPORT. IT'S IMPOSSIBLE TO
2: PROFILE BECAUSE EVERYBODY WALKS THROUGH A METAL DETECTOR. SO I CALLED UP THE ACLU. THE ACLU INFORMED ME. THEY GO, MR. Nigro, uh WE BELIEVE YOU'RE THE ONLY ONE IN THE COUNTRY BEING FORCED TO HIRE CIVIL RIGHTS MONITORS BY A GOVERNMENT CONTRACT.
0: HOW IS THAT IN ANY WAY WORSENING THE CRIME SITUATION IN WESTPORT? They
2: work eight hours a week for five months out of the year, yet they command a full 10% of our nighttime security budget. And, and when you take that big of a chunk out of our budget, now we have less people on the perimeters to patrol them. And that's where okay. all our problems so, have been, on the perimeters. Well,
0: if you weren't having uh, to spend money on diversity monitors would you then be expanding the security around Westport so it would have included the Ale House, which was not part of that security? Would That also happen on a Sunday night. You only have to have metal detectors on a Friday and Saturday night. Would you expand it to Sunday night if you weren't to having diversity monitors?
2: What we do is increase... We're, we're pros at knowing when and where we're going to have problems. So we know when a club is going to be having, you know, for instance, a hip-hop night. We know we have to be staffed up for that. That's not a big deal, but when you take a huge chunk of our money, it doesn't give us any room to pick out those extra nights when we know there's going to be a big concert or a big show or or whatever it is down in Westport. Now we're going to be understaffed because we're paying for the civil rights monitors that sit there and do absolutely nothing. It's not,
0: though, that there haven't been racial incidents in Westport. 2018, you had the security guard fired after uh, racist remarks. He was ordering the Trayvon Martini. Remember that? In 2019, the owner of Johnny uh, Cause created the no playlist of black rap and hip-hop songs.
2: He doesn't play violent hip-hop songs. The majority of his music, 80 percent after I talked to him, is done by black artists. So now we got the city coming in and telling us what kind of music we can play, and we don't know all the incident about the, the security guard that said something with the black. Our our security staff has to deal with drunk people every single night, and we do the best we can, and we put them through a lot of training, and I still insist we have really had no, maybe that was filed against the security company, but... That's not an employee of Westport. There's been no bar or restaurant that's ever had a
0: race complaint filed against them. The city now is looking at bringing in Jackson County deputies, sheriff's deputies to come in, spending over $200,000 to help police Westport. Are you in favor of that? Absolutely. And I think, Do you have to pay for that or would the city be paying for that?
2: Well, I don't know yet. The city makes us pay for everything they can. And... You know, in the 45 years I've been down there, the city's never given us anything. It's, it's not like we're the city market or Power & light that gets a million and a half a month to cover their loans. You know what? Westport's given them that much money monthly. We're paying for our competition.
0: Other than um, not having to pay for diversity monitors, what else can you suggest that could be improvements to prevent the kind of violence we saw last weekend in Westport where one person died? and five people were seriously injured. If the city
2: gives us our money back from the babysitters, we're immediately going to dump that into more personnel on the ground at nights, and especially for the places that we know are going to be creating some of the problems. One of the things our head of security uh, mentioned to me is creating a different protocol after that kind of a situation where the person that's leaving the place is calmly escorted to their car and watched drive off. You, you know, simple little things
0: like that. Are you starting them?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, those are things that we're all being... You know, this week has been a panic week to the, you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction. OK, what can we do different to make it better? I mean, we always do that. It seems to be 20 years' worth of that. We, we've had... You know, when you draw 10,000 to 20,000 people every weekend... on a a particular weekend night, crowds that big, the end of the night, the opportunists and the the wrong kind of crowd always know it's going to be there, and they prey on... So we know that there's perimeter problems. But, you know, take our money away for our guys that could be on the perimeter, and it ties our hands. And, And I think Quentin Lucas being, you know, the mayor that's in charge of all social injustice... Tell me why we're the only ones, what did we do? Quentin, give us our money back so we can put more people out there to watch our, our customers.
0: And I will bring that question to him. Bill Nigro, thank you for stopping by Week in Review. Our reporters are back, by the way, next week. And while I said during this program we've struggled to get candidates to debate, we have been successful in one big race, joining us this Sunday for the Missouri 4th District Congressional Debate. Former Fox 4 News anchor Mark Alford among the candidates running to fill the seat being vacated by... By vicky hartzler judge the candidates for yourself this sunday morning at 11:30 on kansas city pbs i'm nick haynes from all of us here be well keep calm and carry on